Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. So my friends, today I have Ashley Jackson Thompson with me and Ashley lives in Ohio and she's an event planner. Now she actually has been a caregiver to her husband, but before they were married, actually, they were engaged. So she has a very interesting story to tell. And one thing I forgot to say, she's also a motivational speaker. So Ashley, please tell us your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. First of all, you sum me up pretty much. <laughs> uh, my name is Ashley Jackson, and I am in the middle of some snow flurries. Um, so it's a bit cold, and um, but that's all right. I am a wife, caregiver, author, event planner, and motivational speaker. So I do a little bit of all the things, but. Um, what I'm really proud of is being a, a caregiver advocate to help other caregivers realize their power and that they they should treat themselves and, and love on themselves because we all deserve our me time. So that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. <laughs> so tell me about when you were caregiving for your now husband. Yeah, so... Uh, January 1st of 2017 is when Troy, my, my husband, proposed to me and March 28th of 2017. So almost three months later, uh, he had a cancer diagnosis and it was a rare placement of cancer. Uh, it was in his nasal cavity and it, it was scary because it was already in the fourth uh, stage by the time it was diagnosed. So uh, in my young mind at 31, uh, the only things I knew about cancer and stage four together was basically death. So I, I mean, I was, I was scared. Uh, we were planning our engagement party at that time. So we had to totally switch gears uh, and go from planning our engagement party to planning doctor's visits, uh, my work schedule. Um, thankfully, I was already working from home, uh, but I still had to figure out when I was going to open up my laptop to work uh, because the uh, doctor's visits and the hospitals were an hour and a half one way. So, you know, it was just a lot of driving, a lot of exhaustion. Uh, pouring all of me into him and his treatment and really neglecting myself. I didn't know any better. I, I mean, I, I, I literally didn't know any better. I didn't know anybody 
that was in their 30s taking care of a, a significant other. So I didn't have anything to, you know, I didn't have an example to go off of. I kind of had to stumble through it my, on my own. And how long did it take you to find your way through? Because it sounds like that nobody was offering advice either for you. And I don't know if I would have taken it. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Fair enough. Because, uh, um, well, it's because I got so sick and tired of hearing people ask me about if I took him to get a second or third opinion. You don't understand what it's like. Some of these questions that you ask, and I know it's, it's well-meaning, but when you're trying your hardest, to not lose your mind and also take care of someone else that's the last thing you want to hear so I kind of started tuning people out um but I will say I didn't know I was a caregiver until like a year into my journey when one of his nurses asked me how my caregiving journey was and I said well what is that um she said well you are caring for your fiance, like you bring him to his appointments, you make sure he's eating, you know, you may clean up after him. And I said, oh, I'm just taking care of him. She said, exactly. <laughs> You're his caregiver. So um, it kind of dawned on me because I, what in my mind, what a caregiver was, when, as you get older, your parents get older, as a child, you take care of your, your parent. That's just a responsibility you have to, to your uh, <laughs> uh, mom or dad. So I didn't realize that was also me. Uh, and, you know, I, I burnt out because of not having like a, a good outlet or someone to talk to that would understand what I was going through. My mom helped uh, her mother. So my grandma along her cancer journey, but that's still different because she was caring for her elderly mother. Um, it wasn't a significant other and not at 30 years old when you're supposed to be living your best life, not in a hospital, sitting in a hospital, having to, to work because I was the sole provider, um, cooking and cleaning, even when I didn't feel like it, uh, uh, making all these calls to arrange hospital visits, doctor's visits, fighting with insurance, just, and planning our wedding because we had already set our wedding date and booked a few things before he was diagnosed. Uh, and he wanted to uh, hold that same date. He did not want to postpone the wedding. Uh, he didn't want to cancel. He wanted to move forward with it because in his mind, that was why he was getting the treatment was so that he could see me walk down the aisle. So it was a lot of pressure. Any one of those things is very uh, heavy and can contain a lot of pressure on its own, but all jumbled together it was like a pressure cooker waiting to blow, I feel like. And and it did. I, I burnt out. So how did you deal with the burnout? <laughs> uh, at first, not, not at all. Uh, it was... Ugh. It, it, it was hard to, to deal with because I, I got sick myself. Uh, I had ulcers and migraines. 
uh, and I, it didn't really click in my mind that it was coming from a, a place of burnout until like almost two, two years into his, his, uh, cancer journey. And, uh, yeah, so it, 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 it can manifest itself in different ways for different people. Uh, for me, I've always been seen as the strong person. Uh, so, and that's probably why a lot of people don't ask uh, me anything because they just view me as being strong, but you always should always check on your strong friends. I will just say that always check on your strong friends. I love that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, bur- burnout is is a really nasty place to be. Um, you know, s- some people's burnout, like I mentioned, they, it can manifest itself in different ways. Um, it, it's just not a pretty place to be in. It's painful. It hurts. It can be s- very isolating. Caregiving as a whole can be very isolating. Um, for me specifically, I felt isolated because none of my friends were having to do what I was doing. They would offer their shoulders to lean on or to cry on, which I uh, appreciated, but I felt like I was lacking someone that would truly understand uh, that, that I could talk to. Did you find someone you could talk to in the end? Um, you know, I just really relied heavily on <laughs> the women in my family. So uh, just relied heavily on my mom and my grandmother uh, because both of them, I watched them take care of their mothers. And uh, even though it was a different circumstance, I just, I would just ask them for advice on, um, you know, and they would even preface it like, okay, your situation is different, but this is what I would do. Um, I would just pick up the phone sometimes and just cry. I'd just be crying and they would start crying with me. <laughs> so it's, it, it wasn't until later on when I thought I had this light bulb moment to maybe seek out therapy, um, which I did. And I think it's very important uh, for anybody that thinks that they should seek out therapy to go ahead and you can, it's almost like online shopping. You can see what fits you or send it back. Um, you know, if you meet with someone for a couple times and it's just not, there's something that's not clicking, you can always see who else may be out there. Um, and that's fine because you want to do, if you really want to do the work, you got to find someone that meshes well with you. Absolutely. That's such a good idea, actually. I wouldn't have thought of it myself, that you could <laughs> treat therapists like a shopping trolley. Oh, I don't like that. Take it back. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is like that. I mean, it, if you're trying to put in this work to make yourself better, but the person that you're relying on to kind of guide you through this experience isn't helping, now why are we here? That's so true. It's about being honest, really, isn't it? It's about actually really understanding, am I getting the right thing from this person and being honest if you're not, rather than sitting through it thinking, well, I've started now, I better finish. And then that's really just a waste of everybody's time and very yeah. much, you know, for you, whoever is the person yes. having the the therapy. So, 
Okay, so that's good. So eventually you got therapy and obviously things started improving a little for you, at least. So where are you now in that journey? Yeah, so I'd say, uh, you know, I still have my moments uh, because just, you know, anxiety and the the fear of the unknown. And I, I'll say it's it's a daily thing. You know, you have to um, I have like a little saying that I like to say when I wake up, like, thank you for allowing me to wake up. That means I still have work to do. Um, and just even though you may have a time or a day where you're kind of just like, er, like, I don't, I don't like this right here, right now. Um, just don't stay in that moment have something, some kind of tools, some kind of tips or tricks available to you to bring you out of that, that funk. So like, if I feel myself kind of getting in a weird mood, I'll put on a song that makes me want to sing at the top of my lungs and do that or dance out the stress and anxiety or read a chapter of a book. I will say, since I said book, <laughs> I did uh, back in uh, 2020, I started writing and journaling a lot of my feelings and, uh, it turned into a book. <laughs> so, um, you just never know, like when you start putting your, your thoughts and, and your anxiety, your stress down into words is very therapeutic, uh, which I found to be very helpful for me and, uh, my healing process which I feel like will be a forever process because what may have worked for me 10 years ago might not necessarily work for me now and what works for me now might not work for me 10 years in the future. We're ever evolving, right? So it's always um, best to kind of switch it up how you see fit as far as your self-care and, and finding uh, the things that bring you joy. That's such good life is hard enough without that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's such good advice. And your husband, where is he at? I mean, is he is has he recovered and is he still in treatment? What? Yes. So um, he actually uh, just give a quick uh, background of all that he's gone through. Uh, he has had the lifetime amount of radiation uh, because of the tumor started in his nasal cavity. So they had to give him specialized radiation um, and he's never allowed to have any more radiation on his head and neck area. And he has also exhausted all of the chemotherapy that is available for head and neck cancer patients as well. Um, he's had two major surgeries, um, which have left him without his left eye, left nostril, a part of his skull bone and a portion of his brain because this tumor just when it kept growing it would shrink and then it would grow but then when it would grow back it was almost like double and it would just break it broke a lot of bones in his face um so they had to to remove his his eye so that uh, it would be less of a chance for it to to come back so um forward to March of 2020. So almost three years to the date that he got his diagnosis, he was uh, pronounced cancer-free. 
Um, and we are still a year cancer free at this point. Um, March, hopefully we'll hear the news that he is two years cancer free, March and well, in a couple months. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where we are at. And he has to deal with his own um, struggles. Uh, you know, head and neck cancer, I'm very uh, loud and open about head and neck cancer because it's not discussed a lot, um, but it's very devastating. Very, very devastating. People can lose their voice boxes, eyes, tongues, teeth, noses. It's, it's wild um, what head and neck cancer can can do. So he has to deal with his his all all of his own set of anxieties and, and stress. Um, so we kind of just work together from the the caregiver versus the patient. And it wasn't until, uh, so he was deemed cancer-free March of 2020. And that's when I started trying to, you know, figure out what does Ashley want? Because I had poured all of me into him. I forgot who I was or what I even wanted. So it was that time when he said, okay, you've, you've put up with me for three years now. It's time for you to figure out what you need to do. And I just kept going back to how do I tell my story? How do I share what the caregiver goes through? Because we're so hidden behind a curtain. No one, no one really knows what we go through, all the anxiety. Um, Troy didn't even know the anxiety and stress I was under until he read my book because I was very open about it in my book. And he came in to, to talk to me and he was crying because he just said, I didn't know how stressed out you were during my treatments. And I said, well, you didn't need to know you needed to focus on getting through the treatment and beating cancers, but like, you didn't need to see me cry or see me, you know, worry. So, um, but it, I've made it my mission to peel back those layers and peel back the curtain to say, hey, we are people too. Um, and letting, you know, caregivers and empower caregivers to know that you can take an afternoon off if you can, if you can do it, like get out there and go, I don't know, shopping or, or get a pedicure, manicure, or, you know, go see a movie, What whatever brings you joy. If it's just riding around in the country, listening to music for an hour or two, it's okay. Like you should do that for yourself. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I, I remember a story that when you and I first met and we were having a chat, I remember a story that you were saying that in the early days when you were sitting in the hospital, people would come and give sort of little goodie bags to the people, yeah. the patients, uh, including your fiance, as he was at the time. Um, but nobody bothered to even check on the caregivers who were there, to even consider that actually these goodie bags might actually be more useful for them than the people with the, having the treatment because half the time they couldn't eat or, or utilize what they were given. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, find it, I, find, I found absolutely extraordinary and you're absolutely right. People forget about the caregivers and they don't really wanna hear 
what the caregiver's going through because it's just like shrug, oh, well, you know, you have sort of put up and shut up type thing. And I think it's amazing that you are actually shouting about it. So you've created, you've, you've written this book and then you've also got a support group, haven't you? Yes, absolutely. So uh, my support group's on Facebook and it's caring for the caregiver, treat yourself. So anybody that has watched Parks and Rec, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's, it's so important that, like I, I've said a couple times already, it's very important that caregivers know you should treat yourself. Sometimes you have to remove yourself from a situation, even if it's for a half hour, two hours, a day, a weekend, to, to revitalize yourself, to revamp, to, to clear your mind so that you can be a better caregiver you know, I had to come to the conclusion that if I become ill, I mean, heaven forbid, if I end up in the hospital, who's going to take care of Troy like I do? And that's the answer is nobody. So I have to take care of my temple and my body so that I can take care of, of his. And uh, my uh, business, uh, Timeless Dream Events, is my vehicle that that helps drive my my purpose um so we help plan uh any type of event for the terminally chronically ill and their loved ones uh, so anybody that needs some type of event last minute that's basically what i've set up my business to be able to handle and just using that platform to be able to to speak about my caregiving experience, about my own wedding planning experience, because it, it was it was hard to plan a wedding with someone that you just weren't sure if you're going to actually be able to marry. And uh, then, you know, it just led me into writing my book, writing my story more in depth. Um, so when I say I'm an open book, I literally mean it because I put <laughs> I put my heart and and uh, full emotions in that in that book, uh, which I titled "Lost Travel Found," and it is a love story to my late father, uh, my my husband, and then it evolves into this beautiful love story that I found for me. Um, I regained me. I became this like phoenix rising out of you know the, the mythological creature that rises out the the ashes and I, I found me because you have to love yourself you you have to care for yourself enough so that you in turn have the energy and love to give to someone else you know if you're caring for someone else especially I love that I think that's so amazing and Ashley it's been an absolute delight talking to you thank you so much for chatting to us on here, giving us some lots of, well, you know, lots of your kind of, you know, tips and advice and understanding. And, and you know, it's always good to know that there are people out there who want our best interest as caregivers. The All the details of your book and your, your support group will be in the notes below if anybody wants to get in touch. Also, your, um, your Facebook handle, if you call it that. I don't know yes. <laughs> what you're called on her Facebook anyway. So that if people want to get in touch, they absolutely can. 
So Ashley, thank you once again. It's been a delight. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time.